Hi everyone, what's up? It's Carla and this is Transfer Tea with the TSSC. Today we are highlighting our very own Transfer Student Success Coordinator, Jacinto Salazar. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks a lot, Carla. I'm glad to be here with you. So the peer mentors and I felt like it was important for us to learn more about you and your journey as not only a transfer student, but a professional as well. So Jacinto, would you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? For sure. That's broad, so I'm going to take a lot of time. I'm just kidding. So who am I? I'm Jacinto Salazar. I'm the coordinator of the Transfer Student Success Center. I use he, him pronouns. Um, I've been at CCMB for a long time. I'm an alum. I was a liberal studies student um, when I was here, and then I went on to San Jose State. I got my master's in uh, Mexican-American studies, and then I continued working at CSUMB because I really appreciated my time there, um, the vision and the mission and the people. And so that's what I've been doing professionally. Um, in my personal life, I got a family, kids. I like to hike. I have a little dog that you all know I don't like very much, um, but he's cool. Um, so yeah, that's kind of who I am. Thank you for that. Um, and I know you mentioned this a little bit, but just if you'd like to go more in depth, um, would you mind telling us about your transfer journey? Sure. So that is something that, you know, the, the work that I do in the Transfer Student Success Center with transfer students and with, you know, you all, the wonderful transfer peer mentors, um, is something that is not only important to me because it's my job and, you know, it's something I know it's really important and that the university values, but it's something that's very personal to me because I was a transfer student. I um, went to high school in Salinas um, and then I went to Hartnell for a few years and had, a, you know, a good experience there. Um, but then I transferred to CSUMB and I remember, you know, what that experience was like, um, you know, having a place that I was really accustomed to that I knew where to go when I needed support and help, both academically and socially. Um, you know, I knew how to navigate that place. And then all of a sudden I was coming to a new institution that was something I was unfamiliar with and a place that was a little intimidating. I didn't really know that many people. Uh, fortunately, I transferred with some friends of mine. Um, so we had a small social group, but it was still something that was challenging because you know, I didn't really want to put myself out there and say I didn't know things or that I was confused about things or that I needed help. And if I had done that, I think my experience would have been a little better. Um, also, I think if there were more support programs and efforts in place, I think that would have made my transition smoother. So I know the value of the services that we provide because I've been working in higher ed my whole career and I understand why it's necessary, but I also still remember what it was like to be a transfer student and have all those doubts and those anxieties and you know questions about, am I in the right place? Did I make the right decision? Am I doing the right thing? And making sure that you know I was able to build those relationships when I went to that new institution. So all those things still resonate with me. It's not something that you know, that I forgot about, even though it happened quite a while ago, it's, it's still something that's right in the forefront of my mind when I'm serving students or I'm working with you all to build programming for students. Um, it's something that really kind of motivates me and keeps me going. You know, the other part of my transfer journey is not just that transition and, you know, getting acclimated and finding my place, but also when I was a student at CSUMB, I actually, um, I was going through some personal things, right? Like we often tend to do that were challenging and I was actually, you know, not doing well academically to the point where I got put on academic probation. 
Um, and I actually left the university for a little bit. I took a little bit of a break and came back. And when I came back, I had to be uh, matched up with a faculty uh, mentor as part of my academic probation status, um, something that they, we don't have now, but it was part of the program um, when I was here. And that's where I really found the power of mentorship through that, that person. Um, he was actually an administrator. He was a vice president on campus and, you know, somebody that I didn't know uh, previously, um, but that I was, you know, kind of matched up with and part of the requirements were to go see this person. And it just really ended up being like the thing that made a difference, um, not only in my academic life, but in my academic life, but in my personal life. Um, I can really say that that's kind of like one of those inflection points that um, I can point to and say, like, if it hadn't been for this mentorship that I received, um, from this person that I probably wouldn't have continued, right? The personal problems and the academic problems, all kinds of snowballed on me. And it was with that person's guidance, support and help that I was really able to kind of like make sense of the, the challenges that I had and then come out of the other end of that, a better person and doing much better academically. So um, I really, really, really value uh, the mentorship piece of what we do in the Transfer Student Success Center, because I know how positively it impacted me um, when I was an undergrad at CSUMB. And so those things are my transfer story kind of like in a nutshell. And it really was like, you know, a lot more detailed and a lot longer and a lot more stressful um, that I can kind of encapsulate in a few minutes. But I really appreciated that time and that experience because it really has like had an impact on me as a professional and has informed the choices that I make in not only the things I do and the decisions I make, but also how I want to uh, dedicate my time and energy. That's awesome. Thank you. And I love how you mentioned the mentorship part as well, because that just shows how mentorship really is important also um, in transfer student success. Um, we oftentimes, you know, need a person there for us because that transition from community college to university can be difficult. And I know you touched upon this a little bit, but how was your experience when you attended CSUMB and how much has it changed now? That's a great question because I came, I wasn't one, I wasn't in the first class of students that came, but I was like in the second or the third. So when I came to CSUMB, um, you know, people talk about how we're a newer campus, like we were brand new, right? Um, a lot of the <laughs> um, furniture that we use was left over from the, the military, right? There weren't that many buildings that had been renovated. Um, the campus was a very small part of what it is now. It's kind of grown exponentially and grown out from the center with, you know, we have a new student union and we have a library and we have a science building and you know, some other some other things coming online. We've grown in the number of majors. Um, when I was first here, we were, it was just a kind of like a wild, wild west. We were like, you know, out here trying to figure out, um, you know, staff, faculty, and students how to make our way in this new university. Um, and even though there were challenges and I look back and I'm like, how did we do that, right? How, how did we um, succeed as a university? Kind of like in every way that you could think about that. But really what that did is that forged us um, together, right, to make sure that we were going to make this place um, as special as it can be. And for those that don't know, we have a very unique and special founding vision statement. And the ethos of the university at the time was really kind of connected to that vision statement that people really lived it on a daily basis and, you know, did their best to make sure that the goals and aspirations in the vision statement um, were realized in real life. Um, and so even though it was, you know, a small group of everybody, 
Um, and, you know, we didn't have systems and processes built um, and things were very challenging at times. Um, it was the relationships that we built through that struggle that really kind of emboldened us to continue um, and to support each other, uh, knowing that the foundation that we were laying at that time, um, the future generations of staff, faculty, students, and administrators were gonna be able to benefit from, right? That if we did things right in these early years, that it would be an example and kind of a way forward for everybody who was gonna come after us. And, um, and being that I've been on campus as long as I have, I've definitely seen that play out, right? I've seen certain themes and certain threads of, um, you know, issues or concepts or theories or practices um, even though they've been changed through the years that there's still some influence that you could see that comes from those very early days. Um, and so that to me is something that's really, I'm really proud of to say that I was part of that and I could still see some of those influences in those early days. Um, and so that was something that I, that I think is really cool. Um, some other cool things that happened is I was an RA on campus. And so I really appreciated the opportunity to serve the community as a residential advisor, uh, living out on East, uh, East Campus on a couple of different streets. Um, and so my time spent here was, you know, really engaged with the campus community, um, being an RA out on East Campus. I was also an EOP peer mentor. So again, um, that peer mentorship, um, that theme is like running through all my <laughs> academic and my professional career. Um, and that's when I really realized that I wanted to work in higher ed was when I was uh, a peer mentor for EOP. And so um, that's something I can really say that, you know, really affected kind of like my academic and my professional trajectory. Um, and that's how I kind of find my place doing the work that I do now. That's really cool. You've been like part of the CSUMB community, like pretty much since the beginning. And so you've seen how much it has evolved now. And obviously like you get to be part of that difference as well. Um, and we also wanted to know like, how has your experience as a transfer student shaped your understanding of transferring like compared to other staff? Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, there are, um, you know, some other staff and faculty that I know that are transfer students. And um, when we find out that that we're transfer students, we get like, you know, like this, this uh, kind of rush of excitement and like, because we automatically connect about that experience, right? Even though we all went to different community colleges and transferred to different types of four-year institutions, like there's that certain kind of experience that bonds us together um, being that not only were we transfer students, but now we work in higher ed. Um, and part of that is, you know, that experience of transfer students, how, you know, it's kind of less and less now, but especially like um, in years past, um, you know, going to a community college was seen as lesser than, and that maybe the people who went there, you know, weren't good enough, smart enough, you know, capable enough to go to a four-year university right away. And those of us that have gone to community colleges know that that's not the case. Um, but nevertheless, there is this stigma, right? Oftentimes that um, that people who are uh, transfer students carry, um, sometimes it's self-doubt, sometimes it's some imposter syndrome. Sometimes it's just, you know, not being completely confident because either we're first generation college students or we're low income or both, or we're from some other marginalized identity uh, that, you know, oftentimes, um, 
can be challenging to succeed in, the, in these institutions. And so, you know, when we when I connect with another staff or faculty that was a transfer student, we know kind of what that struggle was like, right? And and we talk about how that we, as you know, um, higher ed practitioners, that we have an, an extra, like an added responsibility to support transfer students because we know exactly what that experience was like. Um, you know, we know that. Um, when we were in classes sometimes not all right but there were sometimes when you know um, professors um, you know didn't think that we were kind of in the right place right that we weren't coming prepared from the community college um, and so there was you know different kind of treatment or struggles or challenges and you know now we can see oftentimes you know when that happens we know like exactly where that comes from and luckily on our campus the majority of our faculty and staff really understand and um, value and respect um, transfer students, but there are still sometimes, you know, those faculty that don't really understand that experience. Um, and so it's really our responsibility um, to make sure that we highlight um, the success of transfer students, that we um, acknowledge um, their identity and their experience, and that we know that transfer students are bringing with them you know, um, tons of experience, both life and academic, and that they've already navigated these systems, right? These educational systems, these political, economic, social systems that they can leverage once they get here. It's just that the, that type of experience traditionally hasn't been valued or really even well understood about how those are things that um, transfer students bring with them that um, aren't deficits, right? They're assets. And so we, we understand all these things and we work as, as hard as we can in our different capacities um, to make sure that not only that the students that are transferring um, have a better experience than we did, but also that we let people know that we were transfer students because you can't be what you can't see. And if people don't know that there are tons of transfer students um, around them, you know, in, in faculty and staff, um, then they might not think that there's value in who they are, that they can actually, you know, work in these positions or attain these degrees um, because, you know, they won't have seen these examples. And so it's really important for us, um, you know, we talk about all the time uh, for those of us that are, you know, former transfer students that we let people know, right? And, and trying to make sure that we have different forums and different ways to educate people about the fact that we were transfer students. And then that sparks discussion and curiosity and all types of, you know, fun planning opportunities that we've seen that we've done in the past. I love that you stated you can't be what you can't see because also from the student perspective, um, when we know that there's like all these staff members or like faculty that are, they were also once transfer students, it, like you said, it's like, it shows that example that like, we can do that. We, we can be in that position one day. Um, so yeah, there's definitely that difference. Um, and it helps a lot when someone that's helping you can understand and empathize with your experience as well. So I know you mentioned before you've been with CSUMB, um, pretty much like since the beginning, what has made you stay working here at CSUMB? So that's something that, that, you know, I talk about um, kind of frequently, whether I'm on an interview committee interviewing prospective employees or, you know, talking to new employees who have just started working at CSUMB. And, you know, it's really a combination of things. Um, you know, I think the, the local area that we live in is, is a place that I feel comfortable at. I'm not 
from the, the area originally. Uh, my, I was born in Los Angeles. Um, my dad joined the army when I was little and moved around to a bunch of different places. So I lived in Washington, I lived in Holland, I lived in Oklahoma. And then we came back to California before he got out of the army. Um, and so this is a place that I feel most comfortable because I swear I've spent kind of the most, the larger part of my life. Um, even though LA is always going to be home and I'm always going to be a Dodger fan. Shout out to all the Dodger fans out there, go blue. Um, but Northern California is my home and I'm comfortable here. I love the local area. We live in one of the most beautiful places on earth. That's why it's a tourist destination. And, you know, we like to camp and hike and get outdoors and the climate is perfect. It's not too hot, not too cold. People complain that there's not enough sun or warmth, but I'll take that over um, some of the hundred degree heat that other people see on a regular basis, um, especially now. But so the local area is a place that I'm very comfortable um, to live with my family. Um, but also, um, you know, the, like I said, you know, kind of going back to the vision, the mission, um, when I first came here, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to meet and have relationships with some of the people who actually wrote the vision um, of the university. And so understanding kind of that, uh, the social justice underpinnings um, that kind of really uh, informed like what that vision statement is now and knowing that it, it just wasn't words on a paper, but that um, these were things that people really wanted to make um, a reality, right? They wanted to live these things. They wanted to walk the social, the social justice, not just talk the social justice. And so they founded the university on these um, values and on these characteristics. And to, and to know that I was gonna be at a place that valued social justice and equity so much that it made it um, part of the founding document um, really was something that I was really, that really resonated with me personally. And has really been part of the reason why I've stayed here because I wanna make sure that we live up to the vision statement, that we have some lofty goals and aspirations and that they're only lofty and they're only as valuable as much as we make them um, in our actions every day and how we treat and support students. Um, and then also it's the people that I work with, right? It's, we have a small campus and oftentimes we don't have a lot of resources, um, uh, both people and money to do things. Um, and so we really have to depend on each other um, as staff and faculty, right? So that's why you see a lot of collaboration across departments, um, across disciplines, and those relationships with staff and faculty and my colleagues are really what keep me going, right? Um, because the work that we do in higher ed can be very difficult, it can be very challenging. Um, sometimes it can be very alienating, although it is very rewarding, but the people that we work with really make a big difference in how um, we kind of understand and view um, the place that we spend so much time, right? And so my colleagues are really a main reason that I've stayed um, for so long and I've seen a lot of colleagues come and go, but this place kind of attracts and retains a certain type of person, I would, I, 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 I guess you could say, um, and that's really important. And then the students, like, you know, we have amazing students. Our students are hardworking, um, both academically and both in the real world, right? Sometimes, you know, it's not uncommon to see students have multiple jobs um, because they're wanting to, um, you know, both support themselves through their education or, you know, be able to su help support their families while they're going to school. You know, our students are down to earth. They're very in engaged in kind of what's going on in the world um, and on our campus. And they want to make both of those places um, um, better. They want to do better. Um, and so, you know, it's really is the, the vision 
um, of the university. It's my colleagues that I work with, but most importantly, it's the students that I get to work with that are so passionate and so hardworking. They really deserve the best. And so um, those are the reasons why I've stayed at CSUMB. That's awesome. And you're definitely correct. It's CSUMB is like a little community, like a family. Everyone does collaborate with one another. Um, so I, I definitely see why you've stayed for so long. Um, how did COVID impact the Transfer Center and you personally? So it's been, you know, needless to say, it's been a whirlwind um, since all of this happened, you know, like a year and a half ago or however long it's been. Um, you know, when um, the Transfer Student Success Center um, was first starting, we had visions of, at least I did, of greatness, right? Of building the center that was vibrant with resources, both material and people, um, a hub of transfer activity and support. And, um, you know, the very first year, we, it, was, it, was, it was the year before the pandemic happened, um, I had to switch locations. And so that kind of affected, you know, how we were able to kind of like gain traction and kind of institute some of the, the um, you know, programs and events that, that we wanted to do. So right when we were kind of starting up in our new location, the pandemic hit. And, you know, I always tell people who forget or new students that the Transfer Student Success Center is an actual physical location. Um, and we were just kind of coming into our own. We had some furniture that we had just got with some multifunction tables and soft seating. And, you know, the week before um, all this happened, we had just gotten a refrigerator, a printing station, digital signage, day use lockers, and other supplies that are still sitting in like their boxes and, and plastic wrap because we were never able to actually get that stuff out of its packaging and into its place in the Transfer Student Success Center. So um, it was, it was you know, very confusing and very, um, you know, it was something that, you know, at the time we thought it was going to be, you know, if we could think back that far, we thought it was going to be a few weeks, you know, and then it was like, maybe it'll be a month. And so, you know, we never really got the, the Transfer Student Success Center um, to its full functioning potential um, because, you know, literally we're cut like right in the middle of like right when we we're going to do all that stuff. And so it really affected all of our services and everything that we did. And, you know, we had to cancel all of our events, um, all the, the peer mentoring that was going on had to be postponed. And then, you know, as we all know, we moved everything virtually and we learned a lot through that process about how to engage students and, um, you know, how to mentor students virtually and, um, and how to really maintain a presence both not only on campus, but with our community college partners, um, knowing that, you know, we need to let them know that regardless of, of what's going on, um, whether we're in person or whether we're in the virtual realm, um, that we're going to support transfer students, that we're going to be here for them, um, you know, coming out to meet them virtually, um, hosting virtual events, and just letting them know that that once they come to CSU, CSUMB, they're going to be well taken care of and whatever it is that we go through we're all going to go through that together um so i really look forward to the spring semester when cross my fingers and my toes that things will be back to normal and will be repopulated 100 percent that all those brand new 
uh, supplies that I just talked about now that are going to be like two years old at that point will be put to use. And then we really will see the Transfer Student Success Center with the energy and the people um, that we had envisioned when, when we first got established. And um, personally, it just affected me because, you know, I wasn't able to my whole life, my whole career, I've been connecting with students, seeing students um, all, all day long, right? Um, and so that was a big change for me, not being able to support peer mentors, um, you know, directly, not being able to engage with students and support them directly. Um, and then also like, you know, on a more personal level, just like not being able to see, to see family, um, you know, because of the pandemic and, you know, some of my family had health issues like my mom and, you know, not being able to see her, um, you know, hoping that that people like like her were okay and taken care of and still making sure that you're engaged with the, with the you know, your family members and your loved ones, um, trying to struggle and get through with it. And then also, you know, doing the work from home with kids was was a big challenge, continues to be a challenge. But you know, now that we've kind of got this experience under our belt, like we're just kind of used to that process. But those things were extremely challenging to try to figure out how we can manage all these things and still take care of ourselves, right? Still make time for ourselves, um, provide ourselves grace um, when we're going through all this um, because, you know, it was a large adjustment period. Um, and now we're in another transition where we're starting to repopulate partially. And it's another transition that we're going through. So um, yeah, COVID and the pandemic has really affected both the Transfer Student Success Center um, in its trajectory and development. And then also personally, just kind of trying to figure out how we can do all these things and, and kind of, you know, stay engaged and stay, you know, healthy and um, connected to the things that, that are important to us. And it, it seems like obviously um, this came like when the program was still very new. Um, so that was definitely difficult, but even from a student perspective, I've seen like the transfer center grow and especially now within this past semester. So um, you have been successful, you know, in doing outreach and everything and um, getting that traction with the Transfer Center, which is, you know, amazing to see because everything's being done virtually at this moment. So what has been your career trajectory? What made you want to change careers, you know, work with transfer students and did it have something to do with the fact that you were a transfer student? Like, was that a motivating factor? Yeah, I think definitely, you know, the, the experience that I had, um, you know, as an undergrad, like I said, you know, being an RA and then also being a, a peer mentor um, for EOP um, really had an impact on me. You know, I, I, as an undergrad, I was a liberal studies student and I was um, kind of you know, or committed to being an, an elementary school teacher. And obviously that, that never happened. And um, it was like when I did my service learning, um, when I was a liberal studies student and trying to figure out like, which grade do I want to teach? What age group? And then right after that, you know, getting the job as a peer mentor was like, okay, I'm working for this equity program. Um, you know, I'm a peer mentor and I saw the impact and the power and the difference that um, EOP made in um, the students' lives that it serves, um, not just while they were at CSUMB, but, but beyond. Um, and I understood immediately like the importance and the power of that program, um, connected it to the vision, um, like I mentioned, that CSUMB has, and also my own personal um, 
you know, kind of like um, beliefs and, and commitments and values. And those things just kind of seem to kind of like all come together. And then when I graduated, I was like, okay, let me figure out what I'm going to do next. And so then, you know, um, going to grad school um, at San Jose State and getting my master's in Chicano studies, I knew I was going to do equity work. I didn't know in what way. There was still like a, a kind of like the small idea of maybe going and getting a terminal degree, getting a, uh, you know, getting a PhD, um, thinking about maybe being a professor, um, but that didn't end up happening. Um, right. And so then I worked for other equity programs. So then after my first professional job after I graduated was working for Upward Bound, which is a trio program um, that serves, um, you know, high school students, prepares them academically to be college going eligible. And so that was like, OK, this is my place, right? Working for these types of programs, serving students directly, you know, working with their with their families, right? Working with in the communities that they live um, and then uh, I went on to do other things at CCMB. So I worked in admissions. Um, I worked uh, as a first year experience coordinator. So I did orientation and welcome programs. And then um, I was a success advisor working with students who were on academic probation. And then now as a transfer student success center coordinator, like all of those experience really inform like how I'm able to serve students in a holistic, comprehensive way. Because one, um, again, the social justice and equity underpins everything I do. But in my professional experience, I have done so many very things on campus throughout the university that I have a good idea of how all those different um, areas and departments um, interact with students, right? How they serve students and how like each one of those um, services um, has to be on point, right, in different places, and also how they interact with each other to serve students. And then also how, you know, unique transfer students are in that transfer pipeline and how they interact with all those um, different departments in those spaces. And so when this job came available, I was like, that's it, right? Like, this is kind of the job that I've been, like, I didn't really know it, but I was kind of like waiting for and kind of like building for. Um, because it incorporates social justice, right, and equity, um, and it incorporates, you know, supporting transfer students, um, you know, involved in working with the local community colleges where the students come from, building those relationships, and then making um, that space for transfer students one that's welcoming, one where they can feel like they belong and they can also contribute to, um, and that they can feel very comfortable at. Um, so, you know, I feel like sometimes we make decisions and we don't even know why we make them. Um, but I think sometimes it's serendipity and sometimes it's we have a very clear purpose. And I think my career trajectory has been kind of a combination of both of those things. And that's how I've kind of found myself in this position. That's awesome. And it's really cool to see how like all these different experiences have like played out now like into your career um so where do you see the transfer center within the next five years so i think about this a lot right and people ask me like you know if you had you know all the resources at your disposal what <laughs> what would you do and it's kind of overwhelming because as we know um you know the transfer student success center doesn't have a line item in a budget um, other than my position. Um, uh, the peer mentors are paid through various different grants um, that we have on campus. 
and we don't have a budget for events. We don't have a budget for food. We don't have a budget for swag. Um, and so I really am like indebted to my campus partners who have been able to, you know, provide money for the peer mentors, provide money for events that we've done in the past when we did that in person and even some of the stuff that we've done online. So, you know, everything that we have, whether it's, you know, the, the, the refrigerator and the day use lockers and the, the um, digital signage, um, we have transfer buttons and stickers. All that stuff was paid um, by other departments through various grants. Um, so I really am in, indebted to them um, because they've made the Transfer Student Success Center, um, or they've really allowed me to do some things that I wouldn't have been able to do if I didn't have that collaboration, that partnership with them. Um, so that being said, like when you start from zero, it's like it's very easy to dream about all the resources that you could have. But um, in five years, I would like to have like another professional staff person that can work in that space to do some more direct kind of like meeting with students. That's one of the things I, I don't do in my role. Um, but I think we really need somebody that can work directly with transfer students um, that can kind of work with prospective and incoming transfer students, and then also, you know, transfer students that are new to CSUMB just to kind of make sure that they have the things they need um, to, to be successful. And, you know, we provide a lot of support, especially um, in this virtual modality online. Um, and those tools are very valuable and, and super cool, but we still need somebody that can be there that transfer students know they can come to whenever they need to, that they can knock on the door and come in. I find myself like um, when we were in person in meetings a lot and traveling to local community colleges, but we need that presence constantly and consistently in the Transfer Student Success Center. In addition to having evening and maybe even weekend support, we know that transfer students' schedules and the complexity of their lives means that they're not always available to meet with somebody or to call or to drop in on the Zoom eight to five Monday through Friday. And so expanding our services into the evening and then possibly also the weekend um, to make sure that we can meet students where they are. And if they need extra support outside of the normal business hours, that we have the professional staff that can be there for them and provide them that. Um, also expanding the number of peer mentors we have. Right now we have six to get that to 10, um, to really be able to build up that caseload that they can handle, uh, we can handle uh, more mentees, um, I think is really important as uh, you know, uh, the peer mentors know, this has been a banner year for people who are interested in being um, in the mentor-mentee program. We have over 70 students right now that have signed up um, for a mentor, and that's the far above and beyond um, the numbers that we've gotten at this point um, in, any, in any academic year for the last couple of years. Um, and so really increasing the number of peer mentors that we have that can that can handle more students. And as we know, um, peer mentors do so much more than just the peer mentorship, even though that's very valuable. Peer mentors, um, you know, staff the front desk, whether it's virtual or in person. They, um, you know, staff study sessions. They help coordinate all kinds of stuff um, that uh, when we we're in person and, and that's translated to the virtual modality. Um, they conceptualize and plan and facilitate events, both that are that that we do that are specific to transfer students in the Transfer Student Success Center, but they also do that with our local community colleges. Um, they also um, 
you know, create the flyers for these events and, um, you know, post all that information on our social media. Um, they, the peer mentors do so much. And the fact that we're growing as a campus and that the number of transfer students is going to continue to grow, we really need to build out that professional staff presence and also the number of peer mentors that can handle and provide those services um, that transfer students deserve. Um, one of the other things that I'd like to see is that um, in the future, right in the next five years or so, is that for all the students that come through our peer mentor program, that after that first semester, they could always carry on and continue to get mentorship if they'd like. But what I would like to do is that second semester that they're here is to like have this seamless transition into a faculty mentorship um, relationship so that um, you know, during that first semester, when they're when they're being mentored by by one of the transfer peer mentors, we could then um, you know identify faculty who either based on you know the major that they're in or you know the career that they're in or something like that um, that they can connect to that they can connect with a faculty mentor um, the second semester that they're here on campus. Um, if we can if we can kind of create that pipeline and that scaffolding of support i think um transfer students will be served very well and it'll also help um you know really really make sure we solidify their chances at success built on the relationships with peers and then built on a connection with a faculty member so there's a whole bunch of other stuff i can go on more and more but definitely those are the things that are the most important to me if i could see that grow in the next five years i think we'll be in a good place all of that sounds really amazing and I definitely see the transfer center growing within the next few years as well. I mean like you mentioned we now have like 70 plus students sign up for the peer mentor program um, so that just shows that like a lot of students are interested in this transfer support. Um, if you could travel back in time what advice would you give to your younger self? That's <laughs> where do I start, right? Um, so I think, first of all, if I would travel back in time, I'd be like, like very serious <laughs> with myself. Like you have to listen. Like I know you're stubborn, and I know you think you don't even have to listen to the future me, but you do. So I tend to be a little hard-headed and stubborn sometimes. Sometimes that works out to my advantage. Sometimes it doesn't. So I would have to con convince my younger self that that I know what I'm talking about. And so once I did that, that might take a while. Once I did that, once I got to a good place where I knew my advice would be heard, um, then where do I start, right? I think um, it wouldn't really be advice about any particular like actions necessarily or missed opportunities or whatever it is, right? I think it would be more about like general things um, that have affected like, you know, decisions that I've made or like choices that I've made or just kind of like the perception or understanding of who I am in the world or, you know, in higher ed. And I think it would be like a couple main things, right? And so it would be like, um, like don't doubt yourself, right? So I think there, there was a lot of doubt, even though sometimes I didn't want to admit it. Um, it kind of manifested in, in different ways. And I, I don't think I realized that until like I got some years behind me, but I think there was self-doubt about like my own um, like accomplishments, right? My capacity um, and my capability to be successful, right? Um, 
both academically and professionally. And so sometimes that self-doubt became self-limiting, right? Um, and I think um, if there wasn't that doubt, I think things, not that I would be in a different place necessarily, I might, um, but I think some things that I have done would have been a little less challenging and with a little less struggle and a little less pain. Um, um, and I think the, the line from A to B would have been a straight line instead of like a squiggly line. Um, I think what I also would have done is, um, I did mention, you know, the importance that the, the faculty mentor had when I was on academic probation. Um, but I think also the power of just mentorship in general, right? I think that was something that I had, I had to do because it was a requirement um, of me. But I think what I didn't realize until afterwards, and I think what a lot of like people who are either first generation or low income or come from disadvantaged backgrounds is, you know, no one tells us, um, we don't grow up with like, hey, you, uh, a mentor is important because they can do these things for you, right? Um, and I didn't really understand that. I just thought, hey, this mentor is helping me so that I don't get kicked out of school. Um, but I never really understood the power and the importance of mentorship, of what a professional mentor could be um, until like years later. And I think to me, that was a huge missed opportunity. Um, one, just because I didn't really understand or know about it in the way that I think some people do. Um, and I think that could have really made a difference in, you know, when I struggled through difficult times and was thinking like, I really wish there was somebody I could connect with and talk to who has been through this, but I don't know anybody. Um, that's what a mentor can do, right? And I think that's the power of mentorship, that it's somebody who's been through certain experiences, academic, professionally, culturally, et cetera, that can relate to you and then give you some advice and give you some perspective about whatever decision you have to make or whatever challenge you're going through. Um, so again, the power of mentorship. Um, so those two things and one more, probably the maybe the most important is like to just really enjoy like these experiences, right? Um, not that I didn't have a good time and not that I didn't enjoy them, but I think sometimes I took them for granted um, and I didn't enjoy them to the fullest. And I think whether you're an undergrad and and you're and then you're going to graduate and whether you're going to go on to graduate school or whether you're getting your first professional job and like all these transition and all these experiences to really value them and um you know appreciate and have fun during these times um because a lot of times they're they're very um you know once you transition from one stage to the next that that stage is over um, and you know, when you're an undergrad, you're never going to be able to go back and experience all that again. And so, um, sometimes it's very simple as like, um, <laughs> not that I necessarily wish I was a better student, but I was like, I really wish I would have like read that whole book instead of just skimming it. Right. Cause I'm probably never going to read that book again in that one class. That was kind of cool. Um, you know, there's tons of examples like that, that I really wish I had just squeezed all the juice out of that experience, not just like half of it. Um, and so really just appreciating having fun and then just kind of like taking advantage of all the different opportunities and moments and, and really kind of like experiencing all of it. I love that. And honestly, that advice, like, I'm like, I want to use that, you know, put that into play in my life as well. So thank you for that. Um, do you have any future plans? I don't know, like, you know, there's, there's, I don't know, there's always st some stuff that, that is kind of, you know, projects or ideas or uh, goals that I have 
um, but nothing, nothing right now, right? Especially like getting through this time, um, taking care of my kids while I'm working is is kind of like takes a lot of time, energy, and mental space. So there's some stuff that I that I'm kicking around, but I'm not really sure right now. And last question. This is the burning question um, of the transfer center. Well, more so from the peer mentors. Who's your favorite peer mentor of all time? So this is the question I've been looking forward to the most. <laughs> and I know that whenever uh, the other peer mentors know that this show is in the can, they're going to like fast forward to the end and they're going to want to hear this the answer to this question. So you can't tell them, Carla. They're going to have to listen. Um, so my favorite peer mentor of all time, I've been thinking about it. I can't really say anybody who's a peer mentor right now because your time hasn't ended yet. So that's going to be my technicality to not choose any one of you. Yes, I can do that because I'm the manager. Um, my face, so I'm only going to consider peer mentors that have already graduated. So that being the case, if I had to choose one peer mentor, oh, let me back up. And I'm not gonna take the cop out, right? Like easy way out and say like, you're all my favorites in all your different way. I could say that, right? Um, which is actually true. But if I'm forced to choose one person who's my favorite peer mentor of all time, drum roll, da -da 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 -da, I would say Daisy Yang is my favorite peer mentor of all time. And I'm gonna tell you why. Daisy, if you know Daisy, she's a very, she's a one of a kind. She's singular, she's unique. She's, she's her personality and her energy are somebody who <laughs> you'll remember for the rest of your life. Uh, I think about Daisy a lot. Um, Daisy also um, is multi-talented. So not only does she have a unique personality and she's funny and she's interesting, but she also had um, like the, kind of like the skills that also helped me realize like how far we could push, um, you know, connecting with students via social media and like the funny videos that she conceptualized and created that are on our YouTube channel. Um, so she really helped me realize certain things about the Transfer Student Success Center that I hadn't really thought about. And if I had, I hadn't really thought about them in the way that she actually um, when she, you know, created these, these projects, I was like, whoa, okay, now I understand how we can really do this. And so she's my favorite because she helped me, I think, change, not, not change, but she had me add to the vision of the Transfer Student Success Center with some of her skills and some of her talents and vision. Um, and also, like I said, she's really funny and she's super nice and super sweet. And I miss Daisy. I know she's doing cool things and the future is going to hold a lot of success for her. Um, but that being said, right, I the question was, who's my favorite? So I had to pick somebody. So now I'm going to do the thing where I say, I really don't have a favorite because all the peer mentors really do bring like something unique to the Transfer Student Success Center. Um, and one of the things that I say is that, you know, we're building the Transfer Student Success Center, Success Center brick by brick from the bottom up, right? And everybody who comes through has played a part in that has laid some of that brick, has constructed some of that that house. Um, and the influence of all the peer mentors is here. I can see it, right? I can see it in everything we do, um, even when they leave, right? Even when the three of you who are graduating are gonna be gone pretty soon, like you've left an indelible mark. 
in the work that we do with your passion, with your ideas, with your creativity, with your commitment, um, and with your energy that you've brought. Like that's something that is always going to be in the Transfer Student Success Center. It's always something that's going to be in me because you've left that behind. Um, and I'm going to carry that forward. So you all have a special place in the Transfer Student Success Center history and also in my heart. Okay, so now you want us to cry. <laughs> no, but um, we knew the answer to that, just so everybody knows. <laughs> um, but Daisy is amazing. We miss her so much. And um, yeah, every peer mentor is amazing. And the whole Transfer Center team is really great. And Jacinto, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it was a really great interview and anything else you'd like to add i just want to say thanks carlos so much for taking the responsibility and interviewing me i really appreciate it you know how much i appreciate you um to everybody that's listening thanks for checking out the podcast check out all of our social media um and let us know how we can help you all and how we can do things better. Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap for this week's episode of Transfer Tea with the TSSC. Thank you all for listening and make sure to stay updated on our social media for the next episode. You definitely don't want to miss it. Bye everyone. Peace. <laughs>